Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come before you um, in your presence together as a body of believers. And uh, Father, I just uh, thank you for the continual provision that you provide for us on a day-in and day-out basis. Father, I pray that uh, you speak through me. I pray that you open the, the eyes, the ears, the mind, and the hearts of your children here. So Father, we love you. And it's in Jesus' precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, growing up, uh, I was that kid who nearly always knew precisely how much money I had. Uh, starting at around uh, 10 years old, our parents would give us a weekly allowance of $1 a week. And so I had an a annual salary from the time I was about 10 years old, uh, $52. Uh, that's what I had to work with. And I could bank on uh, getting uh, some money for both Christmas and my birthday as well. And I ran a, a very tight ship with my limited uh, supply of funds. I love to save my money. I almost enjoyed saving money more than I did actually spending my money. Is anybody else kind of like that? You, you enjoy saving your money so much more that you almost enjoy it more than spending the money itself, you know, the purpose of it. Um, but I wouldn't even save my money for a particular uh, purchase that I had in mind. I, I just enjoyed the process of saving money and, and accumulating uh, that wealth. And uh, ever since I was about 10 years old, money has played a big role in my life. And that age might look different uh, for you, but at some point in your life, I'd be willing to say, I'd make that bold claim that money began to play a big, uh, big part in your life as well for all of us. Money determines uh, what pleasures we can indulge ourselves in. Uh, money determines what sort of home we live in. Money determines what sort of emergencies we're prepared for. It determines uh, what sort of ministries uh, we can financially support. Money determines if we will sleep under a roof, in a bed, not too hot, not too cold, with a full stomach. There's a lot that money does for us, and it plays a huge, huge role in all of our lives. You know, money is essentially uh, the medium in which we go about getting the things that we want and or need. If you want uh, a pound of beef, you don't need to give away your pet dog. You, you can just go ahead and you can exchange some money uh, for a pound of beef. And then the meat shop can go ahead. They can use that money. They can go get more beef themselves. They can upgrade their shop. They can pay its workers. The owner can buy whatever he wants, maybe a hot tub, maybe a pet dog. Uh, who knows? Uh, but the idea of money is genius. It, it, it is absolutely genius. It is so helpful to have in a society. Uh, it's a great way for people to exchange goods and services. About 5,000 years ago, uh, the Mesopotamian region created the shekel. Uh, when, when you study, when you study uh, God's word, you might come across that word shekel as that was a, a common currency in that day and age. And so that's about 5,000 years ago, and this is uh, the first known uh, form of currency. And ever since then, we have not looked back. Ever since then, money has dominated the society of mankind. We deal with money pretty much, for the most part, on a daily basis. You know, the thing about money, uh, contrary to what some may believe about money, money is amoral. Money is not morally good. Now, on the other hand, money is not morally bad. Money is not bad. 
Money can be used for good, just like any other instrument that we have access to. It can be used for both good and it can be used for bad. But now we have got to ensure as Christians, as the church, as the body of Christ, we have got to ensure that the money that we deal with, we use it for good. We use it to, to, to help us grow closer to God and to expand his coming kingdom. And so starting today, we're, we're going to be starting a four-week uh, series all about money. And the series will be uh, entitled, Being a Good Steward of God's Money. It's important uh, that we talk about money as, uh, one, it plays uh, such a huge role in our lives. And uh, number two, uh, we, we have to be well aware of the fact that uh, God's word does not stray away from uh, this concept of money. According uh, to Tithe.ly, the Bible is packed with over 2,000 scriptures about money, tithing, and possessions. That's twice as many as faith and prayer combined. That's incredible. That, 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 that blows my mind. One out of 10 verses in the Gospels deal with money, and nearly 25% of Jesus' words deal with this concept of biblical stewardship. That's crazy. So, so, so God's word does not stray away from, from talking about this concept of money and wealth and possessions and, and tithing and giving. And so we too, as a church, as we preach God's word, we too must not stray away from, from the teachings of God's word. And so we're going to be talking about being a good steward of God's money. Now, what exactly uh, is a steward? That, that's a word that we use a lot uh, in the church setting uh, when, when talking about finances. But at least in my experience, we, we don't use that word too often outside of uh, the church setting. So it's, it's kind of one of those uh, church words. And so what, is, what, is, what exactly is a steward? I like uh, dictionary.com's definition of a steward. Uh, they, they term it as a person who manages another's property or financial affairs. And so throughout this four-week series, we're talking about how to manage God's money. You know, I, I like how uh, John MacArthur organizes uh, this concept of biblical stewardship of money into four categories. Uh, the, the way he organizes, he, in the, the first uh, category is how we feel about it. How do we feel about money? Two is how we earn it. How do we earn money? Three, how we spend money. And four, how we give that money away. And, and that's the best way uh, to break down this discussion for our purposes uh, that I could think of. So we're going to follow suit and, and we're going to tackle uh, this gigantic discussion of money and, and, and being a good steward of God's money by breaking it down into these uh, four steps as well. So, so thank you, uh, John MacArthur, in helping me organize this um, in my mind as we talk about uh, this gigantic concept in God's word that's found in over 2,000 uh, pieces of scripture throughout God's word. And so today we're, we're, we're going to be discussing on how we feel about money. And first things first, we must understand whose it is. The money sitting in your pocket, the money, the money sitting in your piggy bank or in your bank accounts, uh, your investments, that quarter sitting underneath uh, the car, uh, underneath the seat in your car, because I know it's there. I know it's in mine as well. That money, that all belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. It ultimately all belongs to God. Everything here on earth belongs to God. 
This is a principle that is laid out extremely clear throughout the scriptures. Exodus 19, 5 states, Now then, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. Deuteronomy 10, 14 states, Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Job 41, 11, Who has given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. This is all God speaking. Psalm 24, uh, verse 1, the earth is the Lord and all it contains, the world and all those who dwell in it. Psalm 89, 11, the heavens are yours, the earth also is yours, the world and all it contains, you have found in them. And, and last, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 26, for the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. And we could go on. There's many more verses throughout uh, scriptures that illustrate this concept that everything here on earth and in the heavens and on earth, they all belong to God. Everything belongs to God. And so everything that, that we own or that we possess, ultimately, we are just stewards or we are managers of the possessions that God has entrusted us with. And that includes our uh, money as well. It does not belong to us. It is God's money that he is entrusting us to manage at this point in time. And this way that we view money and finances it should dramatically alter the way in, in, in which how we feel about money and how we use it, how we get it, how we spend it, and how we give it away. And so that alone, that this one fact, that this one understanding, being aware that the money that, that we have ultimately uh, belongs to God, uh, that, that should really set us apart from the average Joe in how we manage the, the, the money that God has blessed us with, the, the money that he has entrusted us with. So we have to understand that, that we, we all need to understand this, that it all belongs to God. Everybody say it, it all belongs to God. There we go, yes. So once we understand that, second thing uh, that we should consider uh, when dealing with how we feel about money uh, are the words of Paul uh, in the book uh, or in the letter of 1 Timothy. So if you have your Bible, you can open up to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6, right before 2 Timothy. First uh, Timothy... Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. First uh, Timothy uh, chapter six. Uh, we'll be reading in verse ten. This is here uh, Paul writing a letter uh, to his follower, his student uh, Timothy, and Paul here uh, tells Timothy in, in chapter six, verse ten. He says, "For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves." with many pangs. And so when we read this, we have to notice that it's not money that is a root of all kinds of evil. Many people have this misconception that, that God's word states that money is a root of all kinds of evil. That, that is not at all what Paul here is saying. What Paul is saying, on the other hand, is that the love of money, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. 
And I don't necessarily think that the love of money is the only root of all evil. I don't love uh, some translations. Some of your guys' translations uh, may read, the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, It is a root, uh, but not the only root. Uh, The interlinear uh, literal translation of the text basically just takes the original Greek of uh, the New Testament and uh, translates it uh, without making it all neat and pretty. Uh, Reads, for a root of all evils is the love of money. And so loving money uh, leads to evil thoughts. It leads to evil desires. And it leads to evil actions. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil or all evil. It is through this love of money that some have wandered away from the faith. Paul says it is through this craving, this craving, this love of money, the desire to have more and more money. It's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. How tragic, how sad that this love of money have caused some people to fall away from God, to fall away from this faith that that God is going to grant us this everlasting kingdom in which everything wrong with this world will be made right. I think of uh, someone that goes to my mind immediately uh, when reading this is Judas, the disciple of Judas, Judas Iscariot, as he betrayed Jesus. And what did he betray Jesus for? For money. He betrayed his Lord. He betrayed his Savior. He betrayed his friend, his friend that he spent three years with, all for money. And this money caused Judas to wander away from the faith. That is That is terrible. If, if we go back in one verse, uh, in chapter 6, verse 9, Paul writes, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So Paul here tells us that that loving money, it will lead to many dangers in our life. There will be harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and into destruction. And so we have to be careful. We have to be careful of this desire to love money. It's hard not to be a lover of money in in the consumer-driven society uh, that we live in today in the 21st century. But but we must shield uh, ourselves from this temptation because Paul here clearly demonstrates that this love of money, it will lead to destruction and it will lead to a root of all kinds of evil. And that's a big issue in the world and the society and the culture that we live in. We live in a world that loves money. And so much of the heartbreak that we see throughout the world, I think, is because there are people who love money, love possessions, love territory. I think of that war in Ukraine, a war to possess more territory, a war to possess more and more and more, a war to possess possessions and money, and that that money, that, that love of money leads to destruction, it leads to a root of all kinds of evil. 
And so we as a church, we as a body of believers, we must stay away from this temptation to love money. It will only lead to bad things in our life. And not only should we not love money, but we should not trust money either. We see this principle play out in the same letter to Timothy in the same chapter. In 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 17, Paul again writes to Timothy and says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And so Paul here, he's writing to Timothy, and he says to Timothy, as for the rich in this present age. And now when we compare ourselves to both the history of mankind and to the present situation of the world, as far as I am aware, every single one of us here sitting here today, we are all rich. We, we, we are rich in comparison to the history of mankind and in comparison uh, to uh, the people around us today uh, in our day and age. And so here, I think Paul is talking about us. And so Paul tells Timothy, as for the rich, as for us in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. We, we, we cannot set our hopes in our riches on something that is so uncertain. It's foolish to put our hope in the uncertainty of riches. Uh, we, we saw a prime example of that, uh, of how uncertain riches are uh, just a few weeks ago with the hurricane in Florida. Many people's riches were taken away just like that. It happened so fast. You know, we get so secure, we, we, we put our trust and our finances, we, we, we log into our bank account and, and we see our fund sitting there, we, we have our emergency fund, our emergency fund gives us confidence, we, oftentimes we may put our trust in that, but Paul is telling Timothy that the rich people of the world, that, that essentially you and I, we cannot be putting our hope in the uncertainty of riches. We, we should not be putting our trust in our riches, for they are certainly uncertain. They, they, they can be gone at the snap of a fingers. You know, our wealth may seem stable. Before we know it, it could all be snatched away. So don't put your hope, don't put your trust in money. It will only lead to heartbreak. And so if we aren't to put our hope, if we aren't to put our trust in money, then, then what are we to put our trust? And what are we to put our hope in? Well, well thankfully, uh, Paul answers that. He says, uh, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. I love that. If we don't put our trust, if we don't put our hope in, in our finances, in the, in the riches, in the wealth that we have, then guess what? Then God, uh, then God who richly provides for us. That's the God in whom we put our trust in, the God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And so we will be blessed. We will be richly blessed. And that may not mean financially speaking, but we will be richly blessed. And one way in which we'll be richly blessed is through the coming of the kingdom, which is more valuable than any dollar could buy you here in our day and age. And so we got to put our hope in God and we will be blessed. And so let's together 
as a church, not put our trust in money, but put our trust in God. And finally, in regards to how we feel about money, we should not serve money. We took a look at this uh, passage a few weeks ago, uh, but I'll, I'll just read it again here. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 24, in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Your purpose in life cannot be to gain money and to serve God. This is not a command of Jesus. Jesus is not saying, thou shall not serve money. Jesus is saying it's impossible. It can't be done, guys. You, you cannot serve both God and money. It's impossible to do. And that's a danger. That, that, that is a danger to us because Monday through Saturday, we are surrounded by people who serve money. We are surrounded by people who are a slave to this master of money. As we all want more, 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 and more, and with this, when we attain more, then all we do is we, then we crave even more than that. And so we live in a world, we live in a day, an age where, where people are serving money, but we have to stay away from that temptation. We have to stay away from the influence of the world. And we have to recognize that we must serve God alone. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be, be devoted to the one and despise the other. It's impossible. It cannot serve God and money. And so for the past 5,000 years, money has been a dominant, a dominant theme of mankind. It is an extremely useful and powerful tool. And this powerful tool can be used for both good and bad. And we need to ensure that as Christ followers, we are using this tool to further God's kingdom. In the coming week, we're going to be talking about uh, how we gain money, how, how, we, uh, how we earn this money in our lives. And we're going to be talking about how we spend that money. After we have earned the money, how do we spend this money for God's good, for, for the, the, the fulfillment of God's coming kingdom? And finally, we'll be, we'll be talking about how we can use the, the good of this money to give it away and, and bless some of the ministries that, that God is working in and through. But before we do any of that, before we earn it, before we spend it, before we give it away, we have to have a proper mindset a proper attitude and proper feelings towards this concept of money. And we stated, uh, Ben, if you have uh, that slide there, we say the, the, the four proper feelings towards money is one, it all belongs to God. It's not ours. It's not ours. That, that money sitting uh, in your bank account, that, that, that money sitting in your pocket, in your wallet, that all ultimately belongs to God. Number two, we, we cannot love money. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And, that, and that's a hard one. That's a hard one in, in, in a culture, in a society that loves money. People are greedy and, and they want more and more money. Number three, we cannot put our trust in our money either. 
And again, that's difficult in our society and culture as we want to put our trust in our finances, we want to put our trust in our emergency funds, we want to put our trust in the possessions that God has temporarily blessed us with. But Paul warns us, Paul warns us in the letter of 1 Timothy that these are uncertain. The uncertainty of riches, because at the snap of a finger, these uncertain riches can be snatched away from us. And then finally, we cannot serve money. It's impossible to serve both God and money. And so each of us have to make a decision today. We have to make that same decision tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the rest of the days of our life. We have to wake up and decide, A, are we going to serve money? Are we going to serve that dollar bill? Or two, are we going to serve God? Because you cannot do both. And if we fall short in any of these four categories, then money can absolutely wreak havoc in our lives. I'm sure we all know multiple people who have let money wreak havoc in their life because they didn't have these proper feelings towards money. But on the other hand, if we do exhibit these proper feelings towards money in our life, then we are well on our way of growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom through the powerful resource of money. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for the possessions that you have blessed us with. Father, I just pray that we have a proper attitude, proper motive, proper feelings towards the instruments, towards the money, that you bless us with. And Father, I pray that we use this powerful tool of money and we use it for your good, for your glory, and for your honor. So Father, we just thank you for the many ways in which you have blessed us as a church. Let it all be for your good. Father, we love you. It's in Christ's precious and holy name that we pray, amen.